Heavenly Father, we come before you and we thank you for the wonderful cross. It's almost ironic for us to call it that because it's terrible and horrible and wicked and yet you brought something wonderful out of it because that's who you are. We give you thanks for that. And Father, as we come now to your word, we trust that you will use this as a time to, to build us up, to nourish us, to strengthen us, and to guide us in life. And so we pray that, that you would do that now through your word, that, that you would speak clearly and, and powerfully to us. And we do pray, Father, that any of our own fears and frustrations or anxieties and worries, that you would push those things to the background, Lord, so that we could truly hear you speak tonight. So, Father, we pray that you would open our ears to hear, our eyes to see, our hearts to receive what you have to say to us tonight. And all God's people said, Amen. From Romans chapter 8. What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It's God who justifies. Who is he that condemns? Jesus Christ, who died. More than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. I kept thinking, wondering what was going through the minds of the disciples on this night. They had been following Jesus for years. They had walked with him, they had talked with him, they had seen Jesus heal lepers, heal the lame, make the blind see, the mute speak. And they loved him, they, they trusted him. And now they watched as Jesus was hauled away by an angry mob. And they watched as he was mocked and beaten. They watched as he was falsely accused, falsely tried, and falsely sentenced to death. They watched as he carried his cross to Golgotha. They watched the soldiers put the nails in his hands and his feet. They watched the soldiers lift the cross up and stick it in the ground. They watched people mock and jeer as Jesus hung there on the cross. And they watched as the life slowly faded from his body. And they watched as he said, it is finished. I mean, can you imagine what was going on in their minds? I mean, this is the man that they had devoted their lives to. They had left everything and followed him, and now he was dead. What was, what was going to happen to them now? What were they to do? Who was going to lead them? How would they go on? Who would 
care for their needs. And on top of that, what in the world was God doing? Why would God allow the Messiah to be crucified? We find ourselves asking those same questions in different ways. What am I going to do now? How can I keep moving forward? How can I keep going on? How are my needs going to be met? God, what in the world are you doing? Why would you allow something like this to happen? We're natural worriers. It just kind of just comes out naturally. And on the surface, we worry about how God's going to provide for us, right? How is God going to help us find a new job? Is, will God help us pay the bills? Is God going to help us put food on the table or provide healing to my body or to my child? Will he protect me in the midst of the pandemic? Is he going to protect me as I travel? You know, will God provide? But the question, I think, it goes way deeper than will God provide. Um, I think Asking about God's provision is kind of the surface level. Um, But if you just kind of keep digging deeper, the one that's kind of bubbling up in the middle of that is, is God for me? Right? Is God for me or against me? That's why we really question whether he's going to provide. Is, Is God looking at me favorably right now or not? And if we just kind of keep digging and digging under all of our anxieties and our worries and our frustrations, that's really the question there. Is God for me or is God against me? Um, And that question is answered definitively on Good Friday. Uh, It's answered definitively on the cross. Uh, Our passage, oh, I don't have them up there. You just get to listen to me talk. Our passage reminds us of that truth. He who did not spare his own son, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. The God of the universe, the God who created everything, gave his own son for us all. He didn't spare him. He didn't hold him back, but but he gave him for us. And that really is the deepest answer to our question. Is God for us? Well, he didn't hold back his son. Is God for us? He didn't hold back the greatest treasure from you, but gave him up for us. So, yeah. Yeah. God's for you. And it's a reminder for us that If we ever find ourselves in that position where we're wondering, is God actually for me right now or is God against me? We're told to to look at the cross. And when we look at the cross, we're reminded that God is so for us that he didn't even hold back his own son. That's how much he is for us. And then our passage builds on that, and it says, well, if, God, if God's for us, then who can be against us? And the answer is, 
No one. Nothing can be against you. And so because we can look to the cross and and we can have this confident assurance that the God of the universe is for us, then we can have this confident assurance that no one and nothing can actually stand against us. Satan cannot stand against you because the God of the universe is for you. The world cannot stand against you because the God of the universe is for you. And you, and your own inabilities and weaknesses and sinfulness, you can't even stand against yourself because the God of the universe is for you. And you can have that level of confidence because you've looked to the cross, you've seen Jesus Christ, and you've embraced him by faith. And because of that, you know God is for you in that way, and nothing can stand against you. Um, And and when we look at the cross, it, it takes that whole understanding to a different level, because the fact that God is for us, and that nothing can stand against us, that that doesn't mean that nothing bad will ever happen to us, right? Um, because we're looking at the cross, which was the most wicked, evil act ever in the history of humanity. But if we keep looking at the cross, we see that God was able to take the evil and the wickedness of that moment and flip it on its head and use it for good. He took wicked and evil and he used it and turned it into a wonderful cross, a beautiful salvation. And it's a reminder for us that that all of the scheming and all of the devising of the world, trying to make plans, cannot stand against us, cannot stand against our God because it couldn't stand against Jesus. They schemed and planned and devised and came up with all of their different ways on how to end this plan and to stop God's kingdom coming. And God took all of their scheming and flipped it on its head and used it to bring blessing and salvation. And he'll do the same for us. One of the, one of the early church fathers, um, third or fourth century, his name's Chrysostom, said this. Yet those that are against us, so far are they from thwarting us at all, that even without their will, they become to us causes of crowns and procurers of countless blessing, so that God's wisdom turns their plots into our salvation and glory. Now see how really no one is against us. Because our God is for us. And when we really get that, and we don't get that fully, right? Um, but, but the more fully we get that, it kind of begins to ease out into every part of our life. Which is why our passage says, He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? That's a powerful passage. Memorize that one. 
Meditate on that one. I had to meditate on this one today. Not just because I was preaching on it. God is for us and has given us the greatest treasure in the world. Why would we doubt that he would provide even these smaller little things in our life? Why would we live in fear and constant worry, wondering whether God's going to provide for us or wondering whether God is for us? He has given us what we need. He didn't withhold the greatest treasure. Why would we worry about all these small things? Which is why it's so important for us to celebrate and remember on Good Friday to keep our eyes on the cross. Because tonight on Good Friday is when God provided for our deepest needs. It's it's on the cross where God provided eternal salvation. And it's on the cross that God said, I am for you and I will provide for you and nothing will stand against you. So when you have those days when anxiety and fear wells up within you, look to the cross. Be reminded, God is for you, not against you. You have those days when you don't know what's coming next and you don't know how this is going to happen or this is going to happen or this is going to work out. Look to the cross. Be reminded, God provided for you then. And he will provide everything else you need. Overwhelmed by trials and difficulties in the life, we're told, look to the cross. If you look to the cross, you'll be reminded God is for you and nothing can stand against you. Even if you go through a day and being overwhelmed with your sin and guilt and shame and failure, look to the cross. Because that's where God provided for those things as well. That Christ hung there on that cross to free you from guilt and sin and shame. You just look to him, put your faith, trust in him, grab hold of him as your savior, and then stand firm. Because now he's for you and nothing will stand against you. Not even your sin. Because Jesus said, it is finished. Let's pray. Father, we come so deeply thankful for this gift of love and salvation that you brought us. So thankful for the life and death of Jesus. So thankful for what that means for our salvation. So thankful for the way that reminds us of the way that you are for us and that you'll provide for us. And, and Father, we come and admit that we often, we often don't believe that as we should. We often are full of anxiety and fear and failure and worry and shame. And we often think that we're in control, need to take care of everything. We often don't trust you to provide for us question whether you're for us. So, Father, we confess those things to you. And we're so thankful that we can be confident that you've forgiven us because of what your son did on the cross. We thank you for that freedom. We thank you for that mercy, grace. 
And Father, we pray that your spirit would work in us anew, that you would stir our hearts, strengthen our faith, and help us to truly grab hold of the fact that you are for us and nothing can stand against us. Help us to truly grab hold of the fact that you gave us your son and you'll give us everything else we need for life and salvation. And Father, help us to stand firm in that truth as we keep our eyes on Jesus Christ. And all God's people said, Amen.